in that conversation and in that sharing of what they believe this parent is able to do and that they believe in them, that, they, that these children should remain with them, and all they want to do is help them be the best parent they can be. Um, that touches a chord with the, the biological family um, that I don't know, I've never seen anything touch more poignantly than that. Tammy Folkerts is with us today. Tammy is the Maryland Outreach Coordinator for Safe Families. Safe Families is a movement fueled by compassion to keep children safe and families intact through host families, family friends, and family coaches. They temporarily host children and provide a network of support to families in crisis while they get back on their feet. The amazing thing about Safe Families is no matter who you are, you can be involved in Safe Families. I think you're going to be really compelled by today's episode. Hi, Tammy. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Looking forward to it. Could you tell us how Safe Families got started? So um, Safe Families was developed um, because a parent came to the founder um, who ran a social service agency and asked if he would take her children. Um, she just needed three weeks and she didn't want to leave her kids with the people she knew because it wasn't safe. And because he ran foster care, he said, well, have you caused harm to your children? You neglected them, which were all the standards in order to take the kids into foster care. She said, no, I don't want to. He says, I'm sorry, I can't take them. So he had to turn her away and he thought, that's crazy that I can't help this woman when she actually needs help before harm comes to these kids. She's a responsible mom. She wants things. She just doesn't have a support network. And that's really what Safe Families is about, is developing a support network um, around families when they actually need it, the help. Awesome. And it started in Chicago. It started in Chicago in 2003. Okay. Yep. And what is Safe Families' purpose? Generally, um, we have three goals within Safe Families, and those goals are to keep kids safe, obviously, what we just talked about. Um, and then the second piece is to support and stabilize families within a community. And the th third thing is to always reunite them with the parents, because we think that the best place for those children are with those parents in a supported community, um, not in isolation. Um, what the need is and, um, and why families need safe families are just about as varied as you can imagine. Um, some of them are um, the parent or the grandparent who's parenting the children um, are, is homeless or unemployed or there's a hospitalization, a short hospitalization that needs to occur, um, domestic violence, um, incarceration, substance abuse treatment, um, whatever the need is, is a short crisis that the family is facing and they need a time period in order to have their kids cared for and loved in a safe environment and then return to them when that stabilization occurs. Whether it's finishing incarceration because they need to serve 30 days um, or um, go to a 30-day treatment or detox and go into a program, they just want a safe place for their kids, and that's what, that's what it's about. Why is safe family so crucially needed today? Um, many situations um, that parents or guardians face that they're incapable of providing a safe and caring environment for their children, putting them at risk for abuse and neglect. In the past, extended families and neighbors would step in and help. Um, today, many families are socially isolated, 
and extended families are non-existent or unavailable or unable to help. Um, in 2014, um, we have some statistics that, uh, and it goes way back because national statistics are, are harder to uh, accumulate, 2.5 million children in the U.S. were declared non-victims through the Department of Social Services across our country. That means they weren't deemed abused or neglected. But in that same year, 700,000 kids were. They were taken into foster care um, during that time. And then of that, 1,640 children died from that abuse or that neglect. So the 2.5 million is the pool of children that safe families can help. Because there was a reason that their parents or guardians had a call made or something reported. It's because they've made choices or they've done something that they maybe, maybe they didn't intend to or they felt like they had no other options. We want to give them another option. We want to give them a safe place. We want to give them a community people. We want to be able to educate them and, and help them be the best parents that they can be. Those numbers are so wild. The amount of families that are on the verge of crisis is just shocking. So how can we help? Well, there are many things that you can do. Through Safe Families, the range of opportunities to help in this, in this capacity, help children who are vulnerable, um, is vast. Um, the primary thing that Safe Families does is host children in host homes. Um, and, and that's the primary thing we do, but it's not the only thing. Um, we have a volunteer role called a family friend, and that family friend can be a mentor or provide transportation for the child back to their parents for visits. Um, they can be a tutor. They can provide respite care just for uh, a Saturday where somebody just needs a break from their kids. Um, they can provide child care for a child who's being hosted whose parents work. And that's a huge benefit because childcare is very expensive. Um, there's a family coach volunteer, and that person oversees and helps um, not only encourage and support the family who's hosting and working with the children and child, but they also um, work with the bio parents or the grandparents and help them, point them in the direction of resources in the community, um, encourage them in their journey to, to stabilization. Um, it's just a vital role, that family coach. Um, you can also be a material resource friend, and that is really just being put on a list so that if a need arises where um, we may be working with a homeless mom who's moving out of shelter and into her own place, then we can get her sheets and bedding and pots. I mean, basic things that sometimes we have left over and we're just waiting to take to the next donation site. Um, you can be put on a list and, and asked or hand me down two T-boy clothes because we're hosting a boy that came with nothing. And you can pass your clothes along to them. So um, we, you know, whatever you have, safe families can use. Um, I had a woman come to me who was a hairstylist and said, you know, I work full time, I work crazy hours, I'm single, I, I can't help in this. And I said, you know, what do you do? And she explained she does hair and color. And, and I said to her, if you one time a year could offer your services to maybe do a really nice haircut or correct somebody's color for one of these moms who's faced domestic violence or has just let herself go and she needs to go back into the war force, that would be a huge benefit 
to, to think of how we feel when we come out of having our hair done, right? <laughs> you know, we, we feel special and, and like we, we have value. And, and that's what something as simple as this woman once a year doing someone's hair and correcting a color could make a huge difference in that one woman in that one family's life just by changing her attitude and how she felt about herself. Yeah. And that's through Safe Families as well. So yeah. whatever you have, you can use it. That's something that makes Safe Families so unique is that no matter what age you are, where you are in life, you can help these families stay together. Um, the, the last thing is that if, you, um, if, if this is striking a chord with you, um, you can take this information back to your church um, and just share it with outreach pastors or if you have a team of people who do that or if you are in a small congregation and it's just a senior pastor, you know, have a conversation about them, what this is, and then contact your local office, your local Safe Families office, and let them come tell your church about what Safe Families is. Safe Families is a, a church-based um, program. It's volunteer-driven and professionally supported. So every Safe Families site um, is overseen as professionally supported by a licensed social service agency. But how we do Safe Families, the volunteer-driven piece, is through the church. We equip the church to show biblical hospitality, to open their lives and walk in relationship with people. And that's what Safe Families does, is it helps the church do what we're called to do, love our neighbors. Right, and that's another aspect of the support that you need, and it's a way for other people to see this ministry too. All right, let's zoom in on hosting for a minute. Can you tell us what that looks like to host a child through Safe Families? Okay, sounds good. Um, so, um, okay, what I explained before, volunteer-driven, professionally supported. In order, because we're working with children and families, vulnerable children and families, um, in order to help and save families, you need to be approved first. And that doesn't mean you're committing to anything. What you're committing to is to be approved and to be able to be asked when a need arises that fits what you want to do and how you want to do it and the time you want to do it. So in order to help with this, you need to be approved as a volunteer and go through that process. Um, and then you're put on this list, you know, of all our team of volunteers in, in whatever community you're in. And then you would be asked when a, a need arises, whether it was a hosting or transportation need or meals or whatever, you know, clothing, whatever it was that you volunteered for. Probably the only thing that you don't need to be approved for is to be a resource friend. And really, you just need to provide your information in an email and, and we will contact you and then you would be able to... to um, provide those material resources to whatever the family is that was in need. Okay. Um, but as a as a hosting, um, the it, it, hosting is the primary role as we described earlier. Um, the national average for the length of hosting is about forty five days. Um, the, the vast majority of our hosted children are under the age of five. Okay, um, but we do host birth from from day two. <laughs> through 18 years old or even parenting teens. So if, if we have an 18-year-old who his parents, her parents have put her out at 18 and she hasn't finished high school and she just needs a place to live for four months so she can graduate from high school, we would take them in. Okay. So that, so, and then we've taken children home from the hospital mm -hmm. whose parents were just not ready 
um, you know, they, they were just contemplating many other options, but they chose life and they chose to, to have that baby and they needed the support until they get on their feet and they feel competent to be able to take a child home and we walk alongside them and gradually work in that. And so, um, so that's what we do. So how, how we get families that need help, we basically, they call in, the majority of our referrals are from family and friends that have heard about Safe Families. Um, we do contact in any of, we have over um, 90 sites across the U.S. who do Safe Families, and we also have sites in Canada um, and the U.K. and Kenya, and they're developing in Scotland and a couple other places as well. So it's the model of Safe Families is just best practice um, in terms of helping vulnerable families and children. And of course, every country is different and their laws and all that stuff. So they tweak the model of what Safe Families is, but that started here in Chicago or in the Chicago area. Um, so how families come to us, um, we would gather information about the situation, the parent situation, and the crisis the parent is facing. We would gather uh, a ton of great detail about the child or children. Um, and then we put a request out for help. Um, based on the need and we estimate the length of hosting and what the need will be and the communication and, all, and so we, we would might put an email if it's to a specific area because one of the things we try to do because this is relationship based is we try to connect the need the family that's in need that's in crisis logistically close to the family who's going to be helping them or, or group of families or church that's going to be helping them and so that way they can stay in relationship and it's an easier work than someone who's an hour or more away from where that family is that makes it almost impossible to maintain a relationship that length of time or that length of space so then we um uh, give basic information about the case and what is needed and about the child um and then that volunteer would say whether they were available at that time um, or not. Um, so there's never a commitment that you have to take a child and all the uh, very different than foster care. And the biological family still has full rights, correct? So how does that work? So see, families is, is a model of co-parenting. So um, where the, the parents maintain their legal right and their custody of their children the whole time they're with safe families. So at any point, they could say, I want my child back tomorrow, and they would get their child back tomorrow. So a volunteer would, um, there's two basic documents that um, every hosting occurs, which is, uh, or receives, is a hosting agreement. And basically that agreement says that me as a host home, I'm going to take care of your child to the best of my ability. And the bio parent says, I'm going to take care of my stuff. <laughs> I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, and one of the, the things that we um, share with the, the families is the, the families that are in need is we as a volunteer program can't work harder than you. So if we are hosting your kids and, and working hard and loving them and taking care of them, you need to work at least as hard as we're working. Yeah. And so that's that's the agreement. That's the hosting agreement. Um, and then there's a medical power of attorney. So if there's something happens with a child and they need to seek help or medical, any kind of seek medical, psychiatric, whatever, they would be able to do that with that um, legal power of attorney. Could you sort of describe for us the beauty of that moment when the biological family and the host family are sitting down together and they both have the same goal of getting that family back on track? 
in those hosting meetings, we sign the documents, the, they meet the, the host family, they ask questions. Um, we um, often, I ask the, the volunteer host family, um, can you just share with this family, this biological mom or dad or grandparents, why you do what you do? Um, and in that conversation and in that sharing of what they believe this parent is able to do and that they believe in them, that, they, that these children should remain with them, and all they want to do is help them be the best parent they can be, um, that touches a chord with the, the biological family um, that I don't know, I've never seen anything touch um, more poignantly than that, um, where I have a huge majority of the time that bio parent is in tears at that point because they just can't believe that there's somebody that would voluntarily take their children, not get paid, not get, <laughs> and, and do it because they believe in them, because they may never have had anyone say that to them, that I believe in you and you can be a good parent. That is so cool. And I think that probably helps them work harder because they see that person standing beside them, supporting them. Yeah. I mean, the, the power of, of someone being your cheerleader and on your side and, you know, the visual of um, not being um, their enemy across the table and battling them and, you know, accusing them and looking down at them, but locking arms like an army and going forward together for the sake of these children and this family, that's powerful. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that is enough to encourage me yeah. <laughs> to go be the best mom and to do things I may not have ever done or to accomplish goals that seem too big, right. you know, and, and to know that, that you've got that behind you, you've got this momentum behind you, this family that's doing this for you. That's huge. I love that picture of the army linking arms with one purpose in mind, to keep a family together. Whenever I think of safe families from now on, I think I'm going to have that picture in my head. This week's episode is going to be in two parts, so look for part two tomorrow morning. Tammy's going to discuss more aspects of safe families and other ways to get involved. In the meantime, if you want to check them out, you can go to the national website at safe-families.org, or if you're local in the Maryland area, you can go to the local agency's website, which is buildingfamiliesforchildren.org. It's been one week since Adoption Hacks aired, and the podcast has been on iTunes' top kids and family podcasts for this whole week, which is unbelievable. So thank you so much for listening, downloading, and sharing. I would love it if you would go on iTunes and give the podcast a review. If you want to find me on social media, you can look me up under Candace Laycock, K-A-N-D-A-C-E-L-E-C-O-C-Q, or email me at adoptionhacksinfo at gmail.com. Make sure you download tomorrow's episode to get part two. Thanks for listening.